Welcome to a journey through the judicial realm, a guide crafted for legal minds aspiring to ascend from lawyer to judge, or just interested in knowing how does it work. In this episode, we unravel the complexities of becoming a judge in the United States. Whether you're eyeing the federal judiciary or considering the unique pathways across different states, we've got you covered. We'll provide insights, tips, and case studies to illuminate your knowledge. Join us as we explore the fascinating transition from practitioner to adjudicator, empowering you to navigate the journey with clarity and confidence. This is your roadmap to judicial aspirations in the realm of legal English. From lawyer to judge, navigating the journey to the bench. The Four Legal English Podcast is now in session. Welcome to the Four Legal English Podcast. This is the show for lawyers, law students, and other professionals from all over the world who want to improve both their legal English and legal knowledge. In this podcast, we discuss different legal topics, such as law in the news, law in practice, legal writing, legal movies, and other issues. This podcast does not constitute legal advice. If you need legal advice, consult an attorney. You can check out our blog articles, available courses, and the show notes for this episode on our website. That's fours in the number four, legal English, no spaces or dashes.com. Fourlegalenglish.com. I'm Timothy Barrett, your host. I'm a former practicing attorney from the United States, more recently a law professor in Tbilisi, Georgia, and currently an author and podcast host, among other things. Hello, and welcome to another insightful episode of the Four Legal English Podcast. Today, we're embarking on a journey through the intricate process of transitioning from a lawyer to a judge in the United States. Now, whether you're a seasoned practitioner with aspirations or a global lawyer who just wants to learn how does this process work in the United States, this is the episode for you. The role of judge is pivotal in shaping the legal landscape, interpreting laws, and ensuring justice prevails. It's not just a promotion, it's a profound responsibility. In this episode, we'll be demystifying the journey, making it accessible to legal minds from every corner of the globe. Join me as we explore the different paths lawyers can take to ascend to the judicial bench. Legal Education and Experience Greetings, colleagues. In this section, we're delving into the foundational pillars that support the journey from lawyer to judge legal education, and experience. Become a judge usually demands a robust legal education. This normally involves earning a law degree, usually the JD, Juris Doctor, in the United States. For our international listeners, understanding the U.S. legal education system is key. Now, the JD is the ticket to the legal realm, to work as a lawyer and as a member of the bar. Although there are some exceptions here and there, generally in the United States, every lawyer has a Juris Doctor, a Doctor of Jurisprudence. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to take the bar exam or become a member of the bar. In other words, they wouldn't be able to become a lawyer. But it doesn't end there. Legal experience is the crucible where theory meets practice. Judges often boast years of experience as attorneys, honing their skills in courtrooms, researching, and arguing cases. This practical experience is the crucible where theory meets practice, 
shaping individuals into seasoned legal professionals. Remember, in the United States, to become a lawyer, you need to have your bachelor's degree and then move on to get your JD, your Juris Doctor, Doctor of Jurisprudence. Now, some lawyers will go on to get an LLM, a master's of law, but this is usually only in a specific field or specialty. For example, tax law. Tax law is very intricate. So if you want to practice in that, just getting your JD probably isn't enough. But most lawyers in the United States never get an LLM. It's not necessary. Unless you're going into that specific field, it's probably not worth the time and money. Now, some lawyers will go on to get a PhD or some other doctorate specifically related to law beyond the JD. But these are pretty rare, and the vast majority of do not. Most of those that do are looking to become law professors. But most law professors do not have this. They just have the JD. And the American Bar Association has been very clear. JD is the terminal degree. That's the highest degree that a law professor or lawyer needs. Now, the American system is different than most other countries. In some countries, lawyers are much more respected if they have an LLM or a PhD. But it's not really that way in the United States. To become a lawyer, you already have a seven-year degree, the bachelor's plus the three-year law school to get the JD, and it is considered a terminal degree. Now, to become a judge, experience is necessary, often in different fields. A judge will hear cases in different fields of law, so experience in different fields of law as an attorney is necessary. Judges are usually older in the United States. They probably have 20 years or, or even more of experience as a lawyer. So they're often in their 40s or 50s when they're appointed to the bench. Many federal judges are appointed in their 40s or 50s, and sometimes even later. In state courts, judges often are appointed in their 30s or 40s. But like federal appointments, it's not uncommon for individuals to be appointed in their 50s. The Federal Judiciary in this section, we're going to discuss the intricate pathways of the U.S. federal judiciary and unravel the process of becoming a federal judge. Let's begin with an overview of the federal judicial system. The U.S. federal judiciary is a hierarchical structure composed of district courts, appellate courts, sometimes called circuit courts, and the Supreme Court. Understanding this framework is fundamental to grasping the judicial landscape. Our international listeners take note. The federal judiciary is a vital component of the U.S. legal system, where decisions reverberate far beyond the individual states. About the appointment process for our federal judges. Unlike elected judges in some state jurisdictions, federal judges in the U.S. are appointed. The appointment power is vested in the president with the advice and consent of the Senate. Nominees are carefully scrutinized, and the confirmation process can be rigorous. For those aiming for federal judgeship, it's crucial to comprehend the intricate dance of politics and legal acumen that characterized this process. And over the last few decades, it has become more and more political. In fact, many nominees just kind of linger with a nomination, but nothing really happening in the Senate, and some even withdraw their nomination. You know, the stress is too much, or they just give up, realizing that if it hasn't happened by now, it's not going to happen. So they just want to move on with their life instead of being in limbo, waiting to see if the Senate will vote on them or not. Key qualifications and considerations. Federal judgeships demand more than legal brilliance. While a solid legal background is essential, candidates often possess a blend of legal expertise, temperament, and of course, a commitment to impartiality. 
Of course, this is a political process and has become increasingly more and more political over the last few decades. Often, federal judges have some academic background as law professors, either on a full-time or part-time basis. If you want to learn more about the judiciary, also remember to check out our episodes on this. I think that was episodes 32, 33, and 34, where we look at the federal and state judiciaries. Becoming a state judge. Unlike the federal system, each state has its own unique approach to selecting judges. Some rely on elections, where candidates campaign for judicial office. In other states, judges are appointed either by the governor, legislative bodies, or through a merit selection system. Understanding these variations is crucial for aspiring judges, as the path they chose can significantly impact the journey. Now let's break down the three main systems, elections, appointments, and merit selection. Elections are a democratic process where judges are chosen by the people. The system is prevalent in various states, making political acumen as crucial as legal expertise. Often these are non-affiliated elections, so they're not so the judges aren't members of one party or another. They're independent, but they're still democratic elections. Appointments, on the other hand, involve executive or legislative selection, emphasizing the importance of political connections. And lastly, the merit selection system combines appointment and election elements, aiming to balance the need for legal expertise and public representation. For example, some states have a merit board or a selection committee that will then give several names to the governor, and then the governor can choose from that list. This is in contrast to the federal judiciary, where the president can choose anybody that he wants and nominate them. Here, the governor has to choose from that list of names, but he still gets to choose among that list. As you navigate through the varied landscapes of state judiciaries, remember that each state brings its own set of challenges and opportunities. To learn more about one specific state, look at our past episode, episode 33, where I looked in more detail in Florida and how state judges are, are selected in that state and the different levels of state courts as well. Judicial Selection Committee. In this section, we're diving deeper into the pivotal role of judicial selection committees in the appointment of judges. Judicial selection committees play a crucial role in the appointment process. These committees often comprised of legal experts, community representatives, and sometimes current judges. They carefully review and assess candidates. Their primary goal is to ensure that only the most qualified individuals with the right legal acumen and ethical standards are appointed to the bench. During interviews, candidates are evaluated not only on their substantive legal knowledge, but also on their ability to articulate complex legal concepts clearly. The use of accurate legal English ensures that candidates can convey their thoughts in a manner that is easily understood by the committee, fostering effective communication. And remember, the Judicial Selection Committees serve as gatekeepers to the bench, ensuring that only the most qualified and ethically sound individuals are appointed as judges, or at least that's their goal. Preparing for the Judiciary As we continue our journey from lawyer to judge, we now turn our attention to the crucial phase of preparing for a judgeship. Whether you're currently in legal practice or contemplating the transition, this section offers guidance to the steps you can take to prepare for the judiciary. For those currently in legal practice, the transition to the bench involves a strategic approach, 
here are some key considerations. Broadening legal knowledge. A judge needs a comprehensive understanding of various legal areas. Actively seeking exposure to diverse cases to enhance your legal acumen. Observing judicial proceedings. Attend court sessions to observe judicial proceedings. This provides valuable insights into courtroom dynamics and judicial decision-making. This is one of the reasons why a lot of prosecutors or former prosecutors end up becoming judges. Because as a prosecutor, you spend a lot of time in the courtroom. You often don't get that experience at the same quantity in civil practice. Essential skills and qualities for judges. Being a successful judge requires a unique set of skills and qualities. Aspiring judges should focus on impartiality. Judges must remain neutral and objective, develop the ability to set aside personal biases when adjudicating or deciding cases. Effective communication. Clear and concise communication is paramount. Hone your legal English proficiency to ensure that you can articulate complex legal concepts with clarity. And this is for both orally, when you're speaking aloud, as well as in writing. A judge has to communicate in both methods. Analytical thinking. Judges need strong analytical skills to assess legal arguments and make well-reasoned decisions. Lexicon. Here are some words that might be challenging or advanced from today's episode. Aspirations. Donning. Exploration. Fostering. Honing. Noble. Nuances. Recap. Robe. Transcending. Universality. Valor. Veiled. Venerable. Vivid. How well do you know these words? If you want to learn a little bit more about them, go to our show notes at forlegalenglish.com slash podcast and look for today's show notes. As we finish this episode on transitioning from lawyer to judge, let's recap the key points and offer some final encouragement to those considering this noble journey. Educational and experience requirements. We've discussed the educational qualifications required for judgeship and the significance of legal experience. Federal and state pathways. We explore the distinctions between becoming a federal judge and a state judge, considering the varied processes across different states. Judicial selection committees. We highlighted the role and importance of these committees in the selection process. Legal English proficiency. We emphasize the critical role of language proficiency, particularly in legal English, in the selection and functioning of judges. We briefly touched upon how becoming a judge might differ in other jurisdictions, while highlighting universal skills and language requirements. To all those listening with aspirations of donning the judicial robe, remember that the journey may have its challenges, but each challenge is an opportunity for growth. The legal profession needs diverse voices on the bench, and your unique perspective is a valuable contribution. As you navigate the path ahead, continue honing your legal skills, stay updated on legal developments, and foster their qualities of fairness and impartiality. The legal community is one of continuous learning, and your journey from lawyer to judge is a testament to that commitment. As we wrap up the episode, consider that the legal community is not just a profession, 
It's a community of individuals dedicated to justice and the rule of law. Aspirations to become a judge contribute to this legacy. So keep learning, stay resilient, and most importantly, continue to find joy in the pursuit of justice. What questions do you have about today's episode? You can post those questions or any comments on the show notes. This is a great way to practice and improve your legal English skills. You can go to the website for, as in the number four, legalenglish, no spaces or dashes, dot com, for legalenglish.com. You can check out our blog articles and show notes for this episode, and check out the episode quizzes. It would be fantastic if you could subscribe and give us a review. If you could leave us five stars and a nice comment, it would really help the algorithm and other people to find our podcast. If you leave a great review, I might even read it on the air. So start writing. The Four Legal English Podcast is adjourned. Don't miss the next docket call. <laughs>